Courtside Indiana podcast brought to you by Box Out Sports. Box Out Sports is a leading online graphic solution giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes during a season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. Courtside Indiana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You can subscribe via each of those apps and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. We would appreciate a rating as well as a review on either of those apps. Welcome to episode 57 of Courtside Indiana podcast. This week, Zach is going to join us a little bit later as we are will also be joined with Nick Baumgart and Eric Gardner to discuss this past week's sectional results, as well as our sectional pickums, which none of us did very well. Uh, but right now, I definitely want to get us up to date on recruiting. Uh, the recruiting news, we kind of skipped over it last week, and we need to get caught up on some of the uh, offers and commitments. It's, it's not been a hugely busy week, but we did have some movement here later in the week, especially with two big commitments coming up um, at the tail end of the sectional. So... Uh, back uh, about a week ago, we got uh, Michael Howard was offered by Hanover, uh, obviously Division Three school down in Southeast Indiana. Trey Flat committed to Franklin. Trey Flat from Covenant Christian. Michael Howard from Shenandoah. Trey Flat from Covenant Christian, uh, with uh, their impressive uh, sectional win this past week, he committed right before the sectional started to Franklin College. Then we've got a kid that I like an awful lot, not that I don't like the others, but Kyle Sanders, who's a terrific shooter and, and has a chance to be a good primary ball handler. Uh, he, at Western High School, he committed the Indiana Wesleyan, so that's a, that's a good pickup for them, and that's a great situation for Kyle. Uh, he's actually a pretty good golfer, so there were some questions there what he would pursue in college, but, but uh, definitely has made a basketball decision here. And then shortly after the sectionals were over, two of Christmas Attucks' seniors, Jalen Carson and Donovan Barnett, committed to Indiana IU Kokomo this past weekend to Coach Eckelbarger's program. He's doing a great job there of um, guiding that ship. They they made the NAI tournament last year, um, which I'm not sure when the last time that had happened. But, you know, as, as far as these commitments go, Carson, to me, was a little bit under-recruited, and, you know, it's unfortunate that he, that he I mean, he's going to be a, he's a great pickup for IU Kokomo, and, and so is Barnett. Barnett's a versatile wing, you know, wing defender. He's a kid that can score. Carson was a kid that I thought had some Division II potential and, and also definitely a kid that, that was probably robbed of some opportunities to be, to be seen this past summer. Um, Sanders, too. I, I do think Sanders, uh, what, like I said, he was teetering on the edge of pursuing golf or basketball in college. And I don't know what the scholarship situation's like in, in golf, especially now with COVID probably robbing a lot of programs, some scholarship money um, from non-revenue sports. But at Wesleyan, he's going to have a chance to to go in there and be, I don't, you know, I don't know what their roster looks like with them coming, with him coming in. If he'll be able to step in and play right away, but he certainly is a kid that can that can shoot. He's a smart kid. He's a he's a willing defender who works hard on that end of the floor, 
And and I, like I said, I think there's times too where he could even be a primary ball handler. So he has to do a lot of things at Western. Uh, but but he's definitely one of the better shooters in, in this class of 2021. So we have uh, updated you on the recruiting stuff. So now what we're going to do is bring in Zach and bring in Eric and Nick and go over some sectional stuff, and then um, that'll be the podcast. But it's it's about 90 more minutes, so um, you'll know we're getting to an end when we get to the uh, Braden Smith debate at, at the uh, after we get to the tail end of our our game reviews. We are joined right now with Eric by with Eric Gardner and Nick Baumgart. Eric with uh, Prep Hoops Indiana and uh, Nick with BombHoops.com. They were with us on the sectional preview, and we we got some pick'em results. We'll go over later. But guys, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. Ready to uh, ready to head to the Logan Sport next weekend. Yeah, it's like me my too. Second home. Your second home. Nick, what about you? You do you have a good week watching games? Yeah, it was good, Jimmy. How are you doing, bud? I'm all right. I'm all right. And uh, Zach is still here. We're sort of recording different segments at different times of day. So if when this is all put together, it comes off as disjointed and it just means I suck as a producer. So always a, always a, a possibility. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to get right into our weekly feature where we do uh, best team, best games, best team performance of the week and best player performance of the week. And again, for Zach or for Eric and Nick, it's, it's it's extremely subjective and it can be anything for any reason. We'd, we'd rather it not be from the exact all three be the exact same game, but sometimes it's been unavoidable. So, so let's start off with our guests. Let's go uh, alphabetical. Nick, what was the best game you saw this week? Best game I saw this week was easily uh, Central beating Harrison. Uh, the end of that game made it onto overtime. On the yeah, I saw the highlight. To me, the before you get into the game, the best part of the highlight was the poor manager getting creamed at half court. <laughs> there were so many people going down in that video. If you go back and run it real slow, <laughs> that poor kid. There was a, there was a manager, there was a coach, and there was a, a fan that random fan that made it out there. They got just drilled. It was great. Those are the best. Uh, that's happened to me before, so I can relate. But I enjoyed every second of it, even though I did feel it the next day. So tell us, about, go ahead and talk about that game. Besides the ending, well, it, it was it was really good. You know, Central came in. I want to say they were like four and thirteen coming into the sectional. Well, not the sectional in their last four games of the season. Really turned it on. Um, you know, they got a sophomore Blake Curtis, who's a, probably a better quarterback and pitcher than he is. About, I mean, prospect wise, yeah. But he's a really really solid little uh, um, point guard. Um, but you know, in that game, they they just you hit shots, right? You stay in games. And that's kind of been their problem all year. They just haven't been able to really hit shots. And they got some shots to go down. And that was, a, you know, a Harrison team that I thought was maybe a little overrated. They, they, they wanted to think they were better than they were at the end of the year. But it was kind of a, like their, their schedule had gotten so much softer at the end. So, uh, you know, but it was just a uh, phenomenal game to watch. Um, just, you know, that was I, – I still don't know why they weren't guarding the ball out of bounds – uh, I still don't know how, if you're not guarding the guy out of bounds, you don't come any closer to catching the ball than that. Um, yeah. There are lots of, but it was, yeah, you know, it was that's a good, always, good game. That's always the debate. I mean, that goes back to, I'm sure before, but for guys our age, and I'm the oldest one here, but for guys in our generation, the, it's the, you know, the Duke, uh, 
the 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 Kentucky Duke, Leitner, uh, yeah. Kentucky, yeah, the Leitner play. I couldn't remember who they beat for the second there. Um, no one, basically, no one guarding um, Grant Hill inbounding the ball, just giving him free reign. It's no different than having letting a quarterback have have a clean pocket. Eventually, he's going to pick you apart. But but um, it was a neat play. It was cool that uh, that highlight made its rounds. It, it sort of became viral, definitely within the state. At least on my Twitter feed, I saw a bunch of people that were not from the Evansville area retweeting that and pushing it around so that was kind of cool but yeah well, it made it to, kid, it made it to overtime you know which overtime. is what the oh the <laughs> the big entity that's gonna have the failed professional league yeah <laughs> I, that yeah we can that'll be a topic someday i'm sure but uh eric what was your what was the best game you saw a week uh probably because i know you're gonna go or you could go to uh sectional 10 i'll stick with uh Sherbusco and Central Noble. It was not a surprising outcome, but I think how like it got there was a little bit. And I, I, I think I tweeted about it a little bit. Like it went back and forth. And I don't know if the spread between the two teams was any more than four for like 90% of that game. Like the uh, why am I thinking of uh Jackson Paul would hit a triple and then he'd come back down as siege and hit a triple and logan guard would go inside and get a bucket and then landon johnson would get a bucket like literally just trading back and forth it wasn't the like greatest game in terms of x's and o's but at a certain point because they called it so foul heavy in the first half it was an interesting dynamic to see in the second half when they realized i think the referees realized that they had like racked up a shit ton of fouls and then flipped around and lightened up in the third quarter. And you could almost see like Jackson Paul's, like the lightness head go off. Like, all right, if you were going to let me do whatever I want, I'm going to do whatever I want. And he just kept attacking like left and right. And central noble didn't really respond in that same manner. And so you saw the, a guy in, in Paul who's naturally aggressive realize he's going to be allowed to be that without like, I mean, there were probably four fouls that could have been called on four straight plays in the middle of the third. And it's just like, all right, it's extremely obvious now we're not doing that. And then at the end, like, I think then they had to overreact again and then started calling stuff really tight late. And that's when Asijin started picking up a couple fouls and, and it ultimately knocked him out. And I think Busca just had that, like, aggressive mentality late that just allowed them to kind of separate they had a little bit more depth they didn't i mean a lot of it was jackson paul doing all, all of this stuff and central noble was a little bit more balanced but you know when it came down to it the more aggressive more locked in player at the end of the game was the guy that won it for him so you could go you could go any of the sectional 10 games they were awesome i was obviously there on wednesday night but I thought that game was the most entertaining one for me anyway. Yeah, and that's what we're looking for. And we're also looking to spread it around a little bit. I mean, sometimes it's obvious. but So Zach has seen Central Noble play a decent amount this year. And, and of course, Eric, you watched that game. Central Noble not have anybody that is a good matchup for Paul? I mean, other than this, I mean, other than if they wanted the cross match with the Siegen? Not, I mean, yeah, but they moved the Siegen around a ton. Like, they had him yeah. switching up and doubling on – or uh, defending Lane yeah. Johnston a little bit too. So it was like by the time you tried to put somebody on him, 
like I don't know that there was a a great fit because he's just quick enough and definitely aggressive enough that if he wanted to drive, he was pretty much getting it. Um, Especially in the first half when they were calling fouls a little tighter and it had slowed down and it was more of a grind. I think like they just didn't have anybody that was, that was willing to be that with him. And I don't even think like a Siegen's a good defender, but I don't even know like a Siegen on him a hundred percent of the time is going to slow him down a ton. It just might've racked up fouls more often based on how it was called, but. Zags up about how you read it too, as far as what you've seen from those from those two teams. Yeah, I mean that game, we kind of were up in the air on that one anyway. I think we all picked Central Noble in the end, but we yeah we definitely all did. Central Noble has more household names. I mean, Bus goes down to basically Paul and Jordan right now. Uh, I don't. Those know are anybody. the next. Those are the next best two players in the game, though, right? right. I mean, yeah, right. Jordan better yeah. guard. I mean, uh, the, who was the. Uh, the, uh, the other smaller guard with the Sawyer Yoda the for hair. them, and no for uh, Busco. Why am I blanking on his name? I want to say White. I don't think that's right. But anyway, they had a third guy that was making just open shots, which was what they needed. Yeah, because Landon was getting some decent looks down low, and I mean Jackson was just getting everything he wanted. You know, he was taking bad shots, which I would consider bad shots, but like he was making them. So they really aren't bad shots at that point. Like he, he just was on it. Yeah. If, if I'm central mobile, I let him shoot from outside all day though. Yeah. But he was making them. And that That's was great. the difference is once he started making them and then they were calling it tight and he wanted uh-huh. to drive, then you couldn't, I yeah. mean, you couldn't right. do anything without drawing a ton of fouls. And then once the first half got concluded and you saw like where the fouls are at, it was like, all right, well let's adjust. And how do we adjust? I don't know. Yeah. But then once you make that adjustment and then they start not calling everything, then he's got even more reason to be aggressive. And so it's not that he's the biggest guard or anything like that, but he may be behind Luke Brown and Gus Etchison. He may be one of the most aggressive, like looking to score. Right. So I think right. that was just, that was a big part of it. Well, I, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because it's part of what, I'll talk about later, but that's no different than what Vinny Bucilla and, and um, Braden Smith were doing to Connor Go- Joya for Carmel. Uh, just in their case, deciding they had a size advantage, they were going to take him down in the paint, try to get downhill on him and, and use that advantage and, and draw fouls. And it didn't happen to the point where it got Connor in foul trouble, but it did happen to the point where it did, it did impact Carmel defensively. And, it, and luckily, in their case, they were able to make adjustments without completely altering what they do. So that can be, you look at, and that's a team that's got good matchups. You know, if, if like Carmel's got good defensive options, if someone like central noble doesn't have a great, you know, a great defensive option, then, I mean, that's what Nick would have done. You know, Nick, I think it was, you probably had a size advantage a lot of times when you played, didn't you? At least positional. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, with the guys guarding you, you weren't maybe you were probably never the biggest player on the court, but you might have been. There probably weren't too many times where you played too many guards that were as strong as you at the high school level. You compliment you, complimenting you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's so long. You were you were good in high school. I don't know if Zach played or not. I didn't. I didn't play at Carmel. I wasn't good enough. You know, you were you were of us, especially. You were probably the best player. 
So, um, yeah, no, I mean, I think, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, if you I saw a guard like that, if you saw you had an advantage, you would just bury him as much as you could. But yeah, well, we ran a lot of uh, two out, three in, and you know, just yeah. me run, running around screens like Damon Bailey. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the game. And the game changed I, a little I, bit. It's, it probably wasn't as downhill oriented as it is now. Come on, please. I'll argue with you on that. Now you, you, you can think say so? whatever you want. Yeah. No, I mean, from from my standpoint, we ran. Uh, if you go back and watch those, those old films, I mean, we, we ran faster than anybody that runs today. No, I'm talking about like ball screens, dribble handoffs, things like that. Trying ball to screens, creep. Yeah. Yeah. Ball yeah. screens weren't, that really wasn't a thing. Exactly. That's my point. So okay. um, they run a lot of isolation for you. Didn't run a lot. I mean, for, we no. just ran a lot of, of uh, you know, we had a I mean, team that was, was together for a while. So we had, you know, that's I, where I, I was going with it. I don't mean about speed. I don't mean about how fast did you play. I'm talking about getting downhill. Um, yeah, no, we, we just, we didn't run a lot of stuff for anybody. Really. It was, it, we just got so much stuff off our own. So Zach, what was your best game? Uh, best game was my last night. Riley upset over Adams. Yeah. I mean, that was a big one. That's all there is to it. Uh, I was disappointed. <laughs> I tweeted my reasoning for being disappointed. It's no indifference to Riley. I just haven't, I wanted to see Adam yeah, play. That's, and, you were exactly right, though. Like, I, I've seen Riley play this year. I haven't seen Adams play. And it was just when you scout like this, it's pure matchups. Like, yeah. I just want to see I just want to see Adams. I haven't seen him yet. So, like, that's all I care about. And the one time I thought I was going to get a chance, the schedule screwed up because of snow. And I mean, that's why I watched Central Nobles, because I wanted to make sure I could see them, because I knew I'd probably be going to Logansport next weekend, so I wouldn't see them then. Yeah. So, Zach, tell us more about that game. Yeah, uh, I talked to Coach Daniel all week, off and on. We're good friends. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, and he knew what they were going to do if they met up with Adams, and they did it. They let – or they made Warsham try to beat him, and he couldn't. And even though Blake didn't have a great game last night, he did just enough to to help his team. And a couple of the role players that did not show up against Adams before showed up in this one. Uh, Robles had a good game for him. Uh, Anderson had a good game uh, here and there. He had some bad passes, but towards the end, especially. Uh, but he played well. Copley played well. I mean, it was it was a good team win. They jumped up the game and kept it in the forties, and Adams couldn't do anything about it. Well, they definitely had to have guarded better that game than they did when I saw him play at Grace, because that Fort Wayne Snyder game was kind of a cluster defensively for both teams, really. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know. I didn't know that Riley had it yep. in him. That's, that's no slight to Alex. Uh, you know, you just look at some of their scores and how they've had to win. It seems like their bigger wins, it's always been because Wesley's had huge games. So Yeah. yeah. And I, I think the officiating, I think, slowed this game up a little bit too. Kept yeah. it kind of choppy. And I know a lot of the fans weren't happy about that, but it is what it is, I guess. It was bad both ways. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's all you can do is look. There's, there's sometimes like I, I go back to, I mean, I know everything comes back to Carmel, but I go back to when they lost the state finals to Warren Central. The, the regular season game that year was officiated in a way Carmel was probably not going to win. And the state championship game was officiated in a way that Carmel could have won. Uh, they just didn't capitalize on some opportunities late in the game. Then last year, or then the, the next year when Carmel turned the tables, it was flipped. It was, you know, definitely the game was officiated in a way they could win. And 
sometimes that can happen. Even if it's fair, it still will benefit one team or another. It's just, you know, you just got to do a better job of adjusting. So Nick, what was the best team you saw this week or the best team performance? Best team performance this week. Uh, Yeah. You know, I was, it was all downhill. Uh, I was down here in in Southwestern Indiana. Um, Southridge, I think. To yeah. me, you know, I'm kind of holding off for my my best player yeah, performance. You don't know you can do it. Bleed but, right into it. Like I said, bleed. Talk about Southridge, then then tell us more about Montgomery. I'm you know, assuming well, that's I mean, who that is. Yeah, well, I mean, he had yeah. 26 of the 30 in the first half yesterday. So yeah, yeah, yes, it was it was mainly uh, Colson Montgomery. But you know, just uh, you know, this is what Mark Roar's been saying for uh, months and months and months is you don't want to see us. Uh, in the, right, Eric. That's what that's what Roy's uh, I did call this. I did call this, and for the reasons that it happened too. Oh yeah, he's yeah, the best. It's, so he's it's, the best player in the sectional. So I mean, that's that's that theory, and he's really damn good. And if he wasn't going to play baseball, you know, I think he's one of the top five players in the state. You know, and, and that's a kid that didn't even play. It doesn't even play in, in the summer. Right. But he's absolutely and and the southern part of the state's down and it's not as good as the northern part of the state or central Indiana. But <laughs> his dominance is just it's just incredible, um, you know. And and they just couldn't they had no answer for him. They just could not stop Colson. He was getting where everyone to get on the floor. He got into the paint just slicing. Um, you know, Camden Gasser's a really good, really good little point guard. He's a really good athlete. He's able to really turn up the defensive pressure for him. So, uh, you know, to me, it just kind of felt like, uh, well, I think on what well, was it Tuesday night? I think Whitehead was the hero, uh, Carter Whitehead, who's I think a junior. Um, so they just always have somebody who steps up, and then you always know you're going to have Col- Colson's just Colson's Colson. You know, it's been like that for a long time. And I mean, there was a point where he was better than Christian Lander. I think in in the you guys would be able to speak to that better than I, but. Um, He's still that player, you know, he just, he doesn't get as much uh, publicity. He doesn't get that, that, but I mean, he's every bit as good as. But they don't, they've not had outstanding team success for whatever reason. I've never, I've not seen them play. I I think a lot of that is the difference between him and the next best player is pretty significant. And there are a lot of multi-sport, it's a small school thing. A lot of them are baseball guys. Yeah, and if you look no, at their so you don't get them as much as you would like, and it's a small Indiana town, it's so it, it's a little bit more difficult to to get there. And to, to be honest, too, like I know, like the southern part of the state isn't always great, but like 2021 class is pretty good for Southern Indiana, and they haven't. I mean, South Spencer was really good this year. They didn't have that easy schedule like they might in like say two years you know they may have more success when they have less talent because the talent around them isn't as difficult but well if you look at their schedule the only bad loss they have i mean they have 10 losses but the only bad loss they have is jasper now and they didn't have colson all year either yeah he had a sprained ankle they didn't so they Starting they with got, the modern day, modern day game, he sprained his ankle in the first half. Yeah, and then he, they get plowed by Bar Reeve. But I mean, if you look at their schedule, their, their schedule, their only bad loss is to Jasper in terms of the actual yeah. losing a game. I mean, sure they they got drilled by Bar Reeve, but Montgomery didn't play. 
But when you're, you know, when you're, what, what they, how many sectional games they win? Three. They're 12 and 10 coming out of the year. That's not the kind of record, like it or not, that's going to draw a lot of extra exposure their way. Um, yeah, but I'm just, if you watch Colson none of play, those though, do, yeah, none of those, he doesn't have any help. Bad. Yeah, none right. of those losses are bad on the surface individually. They're, that's the way Warren Central started the year out. They started the year something like, Two or one and three or two and four or something like that, but none yeah, of those losses yeah, were, were bad. 100. And then you yeah. just knew that once they started getting clicking, they they were going to be good, and they did. They reeled off uh, like what yeah. one point nine straight wins or ten straight wins, something like that. So, um, yeah. well, my I guess I didn't get my best game of the week. Shit, we completely yeah. skip over that. My best game of the week, um, non Carmel, non Carmel. Well, no, I don't know that Carmel played any great games. I mean, they. They played really well, but the game itself was not. Right. The, I mean, I'm going to go with Cathedral Lawrence North. Yeah. That's why I skipped over it. Well, and then we can talk about it. We can talk about it because we, I I just assumed that would be the one that you would pick. It wasn't even, what was, what was interesting about it was, I mean, Cathedral came out on fire, but, but you knew they weren't going to hit. You, you kind of felt they weren't going to have this. They hit a lot of jump threes. shots early. They did. I mean, they a were lot. ahead nine to two. Yeah. Their their shots were coming easier than Lawrence North, but Lawrence North was getting to the rim at will and just wasn't wasn't converting. And even a couple of times they got secondary chances. And, and you thought at some point if that stuff starts to roll in, this thing could turn, and it did. And it's not like Lawrence North was ever in a position to completely eliminate Cathedral. What was impressive was is just how they always kind of kept Cathedral at bay. There was it was never an opportunity for Cathedral to take control of the game or to or to even get over no. the hump. Um, I thought CJ Gunn was was excellent when he needed to be. There there have been times this year when I have felt and that he is, and these are things I've even spoken with his father about, uh, or I say spoken, chatted with him about, like through DMs and texts and things like that. But there have been times where he has been it you know he's deferred to the older guys to to Hughes and Avance and even though we know in tight games the ball is going to begin with a and a you know starting Avance's hands there's still times where Gunn is good enough and should be putting that team on his back and and just because he can score in such a variety of ways and he I think scored. you would agree the difference between Lawrence North at the beginning of the year and the end of the year is this is now his team um, At the beginning, you would argue that it could be DJ's or it could be Shamar's. When he's going, this is his team. Well, when he's going, it has this, the highest ceiling. Yeah. Because he has the highest ceiling. And, you know, you saw even the stretches of game, you know, against Cincinnati Moeller, where he doesn't do anything until the final three minutes of the game. Then all of a sudden he pours in yeah. eight points at the end of regulation, the beginning of overtime. And that's, and that's enough. So there's just stretches I, where he he yeah. can just pop and he he just has to do it more. Um, I think he's closer to that now. I think oh, that's yeah. my argument. Yeah. Is he's no, he's doing that. that more now at the end of the year than he did at the beginning, and to have that development throughout the season is key, especially if you're going to be <laughs> that high major talent. Like you've got to you've got to be able to take over games when needed. I think I think and, it's not easy okay. playing with Shamar. You know, I think Shamar is not the easiest player in the world to play with. I mean, I think he's once he's a ball dominant. He wants the ball in his hand. He wants he to does. score. And I think CJ by nature is is 
he's a nice kid. You know, I mean, he's just not. So I think it did. It did take him a little while to get going. I mean, there were times at the beginning of the year to speak kind of to what Eric was saying that I, I kind of wondered. I was like, you know, what do we have here? Because we didn't know what we had necessarily last year. So, well, there's, there's two agree. things with that, though. Because I agree with the ball obviously sticks in Shamar's hands, but they do run a lot of two-man game stuff with him and DJ Hughes, and they should. And then they get in those stretches where they completely slow the game down, which at least statistically limits possessions where it looks like guns, where it looks like none of them have great games, you know? Um, they just played a much slower pace than what they could. And, and, and when it does stick with, with Avance, it's because they are going to, they are setting up stuff with him and DJ. Um, I think where they've gotten better a little bit is the Macaulay kid, the quarterback that's going to Indiana has been involved in some more of that stuff as well. So as far as the ball screen stuff and it's kind of let Hughes get some uh, extra offensive rebounds and get some extra putbacks and, and um, Macaulay's, I think Macaulay's development has been, has been a good thing for them as well. But um, yeah, the cathedral game was, was um, I thought they did a good job on Comer really not letting him get going. No, uh, he, he kind of struggled for a long time. Yeah, and I mean, now he also had some foul trouble, so that that was yeah. that was part of it. And then they didn't let the other guys like Jackson Edwards, Jalen Johnson, those guys, they looked good early. Well, Jack actually, Jackson was really good defensively. Good he was he good was defensively really good the game. whole game. And he, he just got one foul trouble and fouled out too early. Yeah, he, and he didn't score much in the first half when Jalen Johnson hit a couple shots early, and then he was completely quieted the rest of the game. Um, and, you know, and they have the kind of agility up front where Jake Davis is not going to get as clean on those pick and pop opportunities as as what he as what he did against you know what he can do against some teams. And of course, I refer back to Carmel, the Carmel game where he. He was absolutely the difference maker that game. Just his ability to spread the floor and and um, you know Carmel doesn't. That's not a great matchup for say Charlie Williams to to cover the help on ball screens and to cover that action. So, um, uh, I, thought, I thought Cathedral went too many stretches trying to hit jump shots, and that gave so many run out opportunities for Lawrence Hoy. I to me that was like the key. This cathedral's yeah. willingness to take jumpers that, granted, most of them were good shots. They just couldn't hit any. But the second they didn't hit any, every single time Lawrence Norton made them pay. I mean, well, the, I would argue half of CJ's gun guns points were transition buckets. And Comer's the only guy they really have that can get yeah. anywhere with the ball like that. And he just, he for whatever reason, he just wasn't as strong with that that game. Well, I, I think the reason is Shamar. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I, don't get I, me I wrong, also Jackson. think Tayshawn has stretches where, like, he's in he's in the game, and then he's not mentally focused, and it's moving that closer together is going to be the key for him. I just I, think there's times when he should be a lot more ball dominant than he is, because yeah, he's the only player that they have that can do those things. I felt like that this summer too, when I saw Comer play a couple times in Fort Wayne. It, that's yeah. how he was. He would have stretches where he's really good. And then he has stretches where like, what's where's Comer? What's he doing now? To me, to me, that's the biggest knock on him. It's not anything else. It's, I just want to see more of him. If anything, I don't, I, I don't know if it's 
I think it's more like maybe complacency than like actively trying to take yourself out of it. I think it's like, all right, other guys are doing stuff. I think he could do more to help his team. Maybe I, I'm trying to figure out a way to order it. Cause I don't want to make it seem like he's, he's bad. It's just, it, there, there are these stretches of like, all right, man, like that could have been your play. You know, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities that like you were the best player on the floor that night. And when you, don't do anything for a four or five, six minute stretch when you're like the point guard for your team. Well, that it's hurts. just a bad, it's just a bad matchup for them. It's, it's because it is. is such a good defender and, and they're able to, they're able to guard that, that ball screen. To action. me that goes, yeah. But to me that goes back again to like, all right, then you just settling for jump shots. And a lot of right. them were not like built on plays. There were a good chunk of them that were just straight up pull-ups. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, it's like, a credit to Lawrence North. I, yeah, sometimes I guess she's allowed to be better. I I guess my thought is I would rather mix it up and have more direct this more strategy based than like a Tayshon thing. I'd rather like struggle getting into the lane, but try and assert myself. And if we miss the shot, there's a better chance of us being back on defense rather than a long rebound defensive rebound outlet to a transition bucket four times in a row. Because at least that way you get you continue to find ways to create space because you're changing it up. Well, sure. Again, I credit Lawrence North for that. And, um, I mean, I've watched Indiana University enough this year to know that just because you drive to the rim doesn't mean it's always a good shot. So <laughs> <laughs> we're um, not getting into that today. Eric, what's your who was your best team in the week? Did we did we get to that part? Because I went to because uh, Nick did his team. best team. Yeah, let's see. Best team I watched. Yeah, performance. Best team overall. Yeah, it's got to be stuff that we watch either live or streaming this year. I mean, we could say Lawrence North. Yeah. I mean, I'll take them because you'll probably take Carmel. I mean, Cherbuska was good, but it was really more Jackson Paul than anything. I think, I mean, Elkhart was really impressive. I thought they were better than, than that. But like Lawrence North, and we won't take too long on this, but like, True, none of us picked them, but I think it was because it no, was the obvious did. choice in a... You did. did. I didn't pick them. I picked Cathedral. Oh, I, I wrote down Lawrence North for you. Ah, tie. Oh, Three-way tie yeah. at the top. We, oh, no, we I, no, I found, no, I found some mistakes. No, I, I, we'll get to that. I've got we'll my ring to... down. Like, I took I took Cathedral. All right. Jim, I, thought, Jim, I, thought, I, thought was... I thought we all took Cathedral, yeah. <laughs> no, I picked Warren. Yeah. Oh, okay. I picked Warren. Yeah, you picked Warren. You went Insurrection. No, yeah. no, no, no. And, yeah, I just, for me, Lawrence North was impressive. I think when, and this is where I'll, I'll argue with, with Bungard a little bit. Like, I like Shamar when he's ball dominant, but it only works if the players around him are willing to be as aggressive as him because he will push it down the other team's throat but like it works so well with DJ Hughes because when DJ gets to running the floor, like he's very aggressive. And I think like there can be times where CJ is not necessarily as used to that, maybe because he hasn't played with him for as long. Oh, that's that's transition. Like, that's that's transition on loose but that's transition on loose, it, it loose is, ball situation. But I think that's that's the difference of where they like walk it, north will kill you is like they walk it up the floor and the other team scores. I mean it's yeah. And they, they run some stuff early, but then it breaks, then it 
evolves, I'm going to say because they plan on it, it doesn't break <laughs> down. It evolves into them spreading the floor and and letting Avance get downhill from 40. And look, it's the personnel is is fit to do that. That's yeah. Nick what Nick and I were talking about was how does a kid like Gunn who has more weapons in his arsenal offensively um, thrive in that setting and yeah. individually yeah, doesn't, a, but from a team perspective, a he does because, you know, you can't guard all that crap at once. No, so, but like to speak to gun, like that's just being, that's just becoming more mature in your game. Understanding yeah. that like I have the skill to do this and I'm probably the most equipped to do this and not, always delegating to those senior players and not always delegating to uh, a player that, you know, for one reason or another, like may and take it, more it, shots, but isn't necessarily deserving. And I think that's just gun, developing and getting older. I'm sorry. In fairness to Lawrence North and Kiefer, whomever is in charge of their X's and O's, anything and everything they do off the ball is for gun. I mean, everything. Yeah. They, they run him off baseline screens. Yeah. They run him off occasional stagger. Um, they will take the ball away from him just to lift him up, to get him into some isolation. Everything they do off the ball is for him. Everything with the ball is A. Vance and, and Hughes. And Yeah, but that's so, to that point, that's, I think, the transition between the beginning of the year and the end of the year is yeah. – at the beginning of the year, it was much less likely that Chris was going to be willing to take those shots that are created for him. Right. As opposed to now where him. he's like, all right, like I get my role more. My role is to be shot happy because I'm going to make them more likely than anybody else on this team. Yeah. We and I think that to me happy. is it, you mix that with Shamar being extremely aggressive, especially in transition and Chris being more willing to be aggressive, and DJ just understanding how Shamar runs the floor all the time, and that makes Lawrence North really deadly because if you're willing to, if they step up defensively and they force you to make or take perimeter jumpers, there's no way you're going to win that game. Like, with their offense and, you know, with the way that they're working in the half court, the way that they're working in transition, and their defensive effort, you know, unless you're, I mean, Cathedral did a good job of staying with them. Like I would actually give them a ton of credit. Like they didn't have their jump shots for three of the four quarters and still managed to like keep it close. And even yeah, they, they, with all of that, uh, they, they, the score wasn't all that close at the end of the game. Well, no, they Lawrence North scored the last like 10 points of the game. So, yeah, so um, yeah. But that, that game was strictly boiled down to really Lawrence North getting so many second chance opportunities. But but anyway, um, Zach, what, what was your best team of the week? Uh, putting both games together, I would say I'm sticking with Riley. Yeah. Not that it's, not that it's the same game, but it's the same team. Uh, like I said before, their role players have really stepped up over the week. <clears throat> they had a couple tough games. Michigan City obviously is tough. Uh, or can be tough, and then their rival Adams, after getting shellacked by him by twenty some a couple weeks ago, they bounce back and play a lot better. So South Bend Riley. Uh, my um, 
my best team performance of the week was was Carmel. Um, just for what they did yesterday uh, against Westfield and just how they – I mean, look, there's certain inherent advantages they had in that game. There's certain inherent advantages they've had a lot of games. It's just their length. And I think the underrated thing about their length is that none of – I mean, they have two outstanding perimeter defenders. Actually, they have three because Suter's the, right there with them. But yeah. but they've got they've got Joya and they've got Wack. Uh Wack, who can guard almost anybody, period. Uh, any, anything other than like a true, true center, like, you know, he would have struggled against Hope. You know, he would have struggled in that matchup. But, but anybody that's a, you know, that's a perimeter player or a pseudo perimeter player or whatever, he can guard that guy. Joya is extremely resourceful and quick. He does a great job of keeping people in front of him. And then behind those two, it's 6'5", it's 6'7", six, 6'9". Six, or, you know, if Charlie listed at 6'10". And even when they bring Orm off the bench, that's another 6'7 kid. There's just so much length behind them that they have a lot of um, freedom is not the right word, but they also know that if they give up, if they give up their hip defensively, that there's going to be a lot of length behind them to take care of it. And, and I mean, offensively, Carmel uh, – We've discussed this ad nauseum. They're a motion team. I love that fact. I love motion. Um, they can score quick. They can grind it out. Westfield was had several possessions yesterday when they were down 12. They were making Carmel. They were forcing Carmel to work for a good shot, and they were celebrating the fact that they were forcing Carmel to look for a good shot. Meanwhile, Carmel just didn't care. It's like, well, that's fine. We're up 12. We're still going to get a good shot. Um, because you're not going to turn us over and we're going to run the clock down clock down while we're at it too. And, you know, Westfield didn't have much they could do short of creating turnovers to, to keep Carmel from doing what they needed to do, including offensive glass. Um, which is why I sort of fear the Gary West matchup that could happen if they get to this, if both teams get the semi state, but, but just in how they handled Braden Smith, the, the goal for Braden Smith was to turn him into a scorer based on two things. One, they didn't think he was going to score 41 on him like he did the night before. And two, I don't think they worried about him scoring 41 on him. That if he did, they probably wouldn't be – it wouldn't be because other people were getting, getting going too. They basically did not want him to create for others. And they rode him to the rim every possession they got uh, until they finally were able to get to a point where they took joy off of him and put whack on him. Uh, let's see. Smith scored 11 points in the first half. He scored the first basket, three-point play to start the second half. He did. He scored one basket the rest of the way. I'm not even sure he scored a basket. He may have even been – he scored two points the rest of the way. And that was all whack pretty much guarding him from the, the two-minute mark of the second quarter through the rest of the game or through the rest of the game when they both were in there. And it's the things that Carmel can do defensively just with their length and their discipline – and they're almost as fun to watch on that side of the ball as they are on offense. And um, which is why I'm looking forward to this matchup against Homestead, because I'm looking forward to what Wack is going to do to lawyer. So, um, but, you know, it may not be any different than what his brother did to Keon Brooks, hopefully, at least from my perspective, but, but Carmel was, go ahead. No, I mean, I think you're, you, you, 
really hit on something there as far as facilitating. I think some guys are much better at facilitate, like much better when for their teams, when they're facilitating versus trying to take it, take it over. Right. So like along those lines, Isaiah Swope was, has been big all, all summer, all fall. He was going to average 40 a game. I said, Isaiah, why would you want to average 40 points a game? You are so much better as a facilitator. Like if you're you versus everybody else is not going to be good. Like that's, so he goes out Tuesday night against North, has 37, and they yep. lose. They get beat. So, I mean, I think it's along those same lines as far as some guys are just, you well, know. Well, in Noblesville, so Noblesville figured out they played Westfield earlier in the year. I was going to go with Noblesville versus Westfield for the best game because of the way Noblesville came back. But it was once they got it close, it just was not sustained enough. You know, they, they did have the ball. They did have the ball one opportunity to tie the game. Um, and probably, well, they it just, it was an opportunity. I don't think it was that necessarily bad of an officiating call, but it was definitely an opportunity to tie the game. But, but what Noblesville figured out and what they showed anybody was that Braden Smith goes out, scores 41, and it took every ounce of energy he had for them to, to escape that with a win. And that they probably weren't going to be able to beat better teams with him doing that and look I think he'd be the first to tell you that he is let's just get to it he was my best performer of the week his game against Noblesville was spectacular not not just because of his output but the way he did it and he was still able to find people and but Noblesville figured out that game was if we if we quit letting Hafner get loose if we if we quit really helping off Penley or whoever else is kind of hanging out the rim um, we're going to have a better chance of climbing back in this game because one kid at that level can't do it against everybody else, especially because Noblesville does have some some talented offensive players. They they just have That's... some lineups that they can't throw out there without having a couple of mediocre to average defenders. So, um, That's but Braden between one A and two A, and then three A and four A. Braden well, Smith at one A or two A probably wins that game on his own. Three well, sure. and four, there's much more talent likely well, that it just it it's just inherently difficult. So it but, can have success. It's just what's the scenario that's playing out? And no, what Braden does do against is a, Carmel is never well, go well. Westwood only has one other guy on that team who can score. That's yeah, that's Hafner. Other yeah. guys get stats because Braden finds them. De Pasquale, Penley, whomever else. Hafner is the only other kid on that team that has any definable offensive game whatsoever. Um, Braden, in my mind, has has crossed the boundary into a high major player. I know you, you don't you disagree with that, Eric. Um, he has, I mean, he's he's small, but he's not as small as what other teams, other successful teams have at that position. He's listed six one. Let's say he's fudging. He's six feet. You know, and but it it is what it is. If he's if what he's listed at isn't legitimate, then nobody nobody's listed at what they're legitimately, what what their legitimate height is. <laughs> so if he's if he's fudging an inch, that means everybody else is fudging an inch. So it so it's still even. What isn't undeniable is how long he is. He is definitely a plus wingspan. That is true. He shot the ball effortlessly against Noblesville, and while that is not necessarily certainly a division one caliber defender guarding him. 
his mechanics don't change. His release doesn't change. Um, the elevation he gets in his jump shot doesn't change. And he's not going to be pressed at the high major level to be the guy. He's not even going to be pressed to be the second guy. He would be perfect in a situation at that level where if he had a big man to go with him, a downhill big man who could rim run, where he gets an opportunity to get in the paint, make plays, mix in a lob with a floater, now all of a sudden you've got yourself, you've got yourself an opportunity for probably the kid in this state, one of the two kids that I love whose vision is incredible, him and Malik Stanley. Those two guys are by far the best shot creators in, in the state. Um, not just for themselves, but for, I mean, obviously for others. And um, Bryson Graber would like to have a word with you, Jim. Uh, Bryson Graber could come up here and try to do that on the schedule they play on a week-in, week-out basis. Um, that's fine. And he's got hope. You know, he's got the big man. He's got the guy that he can throw the ball up to and go get it. I'd like to see Bryson Graber do what Braden does with Westfield's talent. And I just, I mean, Westfield had no, anything that happened in the paint yesterday, Westfield lost every single one of those opportunities, both, both ends of the floor. Yeah. And, and some of that's, they can't control it. I mean, you can't, can't Here's control the thing. size of everybody else. Here's the thing about Braden. You know, everybody gives him a hard time on his size and stuff. Okay, so he was 5'10", 140 soaking wet as a freshman and a sophomore, playing a 25th best schedule in the state. I mean, yeah. you know, the, so he produced at a high level in a, in a indie area schedule since he's been a freshman. Like, so even if, even if you were concerned about his uh, strength, you know that's only going to improve. And as he gets older with experience – I mean, he's shown you what he, he, he can do. And he uh, has the body to, to put weight on. That's that's a thing. That's and the, the last thing on Brady. He's Brayden already put weight on. Like, he yeah. looks well, strong And he'll keep now. doing it. But you look at, I mean, you compare him to the smaller guards that play at Purdue, the smaller guards that have played at Indiana that are there now. I mean, he's physically no different. He, he's bigger physically than Isaiah Thompson. He's, he's not as thick as yeah. PJ, but PJ had some. PJ could have been in better shape during his days at Purdue. Um, I think that's my argument that I said beforehand was he's, he if you want to compare them to them, I would, I don't disagree that he's probably better than both of those two, but I would also argue that neither of those two should have been at that level. Well, but PJ was on some pretty successful Purdue teams. I mean, I don't, he played really, he played really well. And and PJ's numbers PJ wasn't. And Braden's a better shooter. The guy at that stage. Yes. And Braden's a better shooter than anybody in Indiana right now. So that's maybe, what Jim was saying. Well, He's not, that, I mean, that maybe what Armand has become. <laughs> I know, but except for what maybe what, what Franklin has become. And and Franklin was not a, a Franklin was an average shooter at Cathedral. See, to me, this is the, what this is going to be is this is going to be an argument about whether I like a player or whether I think the player can play at a certain level. If we're just talking about do I like Braden Smith, I actually love Braden Smith, the player. Like, he does literally all of the things that I, like, value. But I do think there is an inherent, like, ceiling to some players. It can be for tall players. It can be for short players. But, like, there are just some things that, like, it. it I, I always like to see kids get put in a position where they're going to be the best version of themselves. 
and that doesn't necessarily mean going to the highest level. Right. It's a, it's the it's the Kyle Mangus effect going to Indiana Wesleyan. Like Kyle Mangus. Yeah, but Mangus didn't like a he, mid plus kid was he didn't probably lead. not even remotely going to do what he did at Indiana Wesleyan. Because he didn't do half of at what Warsaw. He does is all interior stuff. No, he didn't do at Warsaw what Braden's doing at Westfield. They're not, no, not but, that, a, but that's the argument. Not is from that, a team like, standpoint. Hold on, hold on. Not from a team standpoint. Westfield's been playing the conference they're in, the Indianapolis schools they play, the the mixed schools they play. I I just it's just not comparable. It's. It, I mean, it, when did Magnus graduate from high school? Uh, this what, would have been. Come on, Kyle. Come on, Zach. 16. This is your wheelhouse. 18, 15, 17. 15. No, 15. He's a senior. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he was, when he graduated, 15. So 18 and 5, 11 and 10, 13 Ol- and 8. Olga was his coach, right? Yeah. 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 And, and was he there in 2016 when they went 25 and 2? That's impressive. That's, I mean, that's, that's not the point. It's it's more about people will make the argument that Kyle Mangus should have been a higher level of player, yeah. even after the fact. But the fact of the matter is, he was the perfect person at the perfect league to be that freaking good. And to me, I'm like, all right, when I look at a player, I don't want him to go to the best offer he has unless he's elite because I want to see the best version of him. And that doesn't necessarily mean being, and I'm not saying this Braden Smith or anybody else, but like being the last player on the bench at Indiana does not he make. Be the last player on the bench at Indiana. That's that's the point I'm making. I think he goes there. Yeah, but like that doesn't make it good for him. Like I'm telling you, I know, but that's I'm, what I'm telling wants, you, I've already considered whoever, this. And like, we can disagree. Fine. We can disagree that's on fine, it, but I'm but telling like, you that's my perspective too. My perspective is he goes to Indiana and is a rotational but, player but as a how freshman. Many minutes, how many minutes is the person – like, if you're playing freaking 13 people, like, that doesn't bring hardly any value. So what he does playing. is minimize. I want the most value I can get out of whatever player it is, and that well, then means, no, then all right, you've got to be a starter-level kid. You I think he's a starter-level level kid on a team that can win the Big Ten. So, but that's not what you said. You said, yeah, no, I am now. That is what the I last said. player on the bench. I never said he last player on the bench. Here, I mean, here's the thing. You just said that. No, I didn't. I said that's not what I'm saying. That he, he is a You said that's what kid. I'm envisioning. No, it's not. That's not what I said. That, Somehow, rewind it. That's exactly what you said. No, then I, so then so I my point you is you want to be a starter level kid. He is wherever you go. He is. And you did not agree with that or no, you did not say that was the scenario no, I'm saying you that that's, I didn't agree with the fact that you're I he is that player here's that's the thing said, it's that's it's not going to matter before. unless these big 10 teams jump or somebody jumps quick it's not really going to matter because I think he's no, going I agree. to Belmont Absolutely. and I think that's Absolutely. pretty much close to being done so well I, don't and I think he'll be really good there like he may be elite there but well, that's yeah, the he'll point be really is good there so but that great. but that's the point I want him being the best version of himself so you're, he'd, he'd be a Kyle Vegas at Belmont, offer. right? He'd be a Kyle yeah. Vegas at Belmont. But right? that's what you want. Do you not want to be the best version of yourself? No, not everybody. I think Sometimes struggling people want to, to get go, minutes. Somebody want to go not, have a major role on a team at the highest level. I Yeah, but then you end up valuing things that aren't like wow. Eric best for basketball, I guess. People would say Alex Hemingway had no, no business going to Clemson. I might have been one of them. I, I mean, to be honest with you, and he started what 
six of the last seven games. He's really he's shooting the ball really well. He's got a major role on that team. But, but I think it's Alex, I think it's silly. Alex, I think he should. That's I mean, a whole different thing. Like Alex was always going to be semi-successful there with the way Burnell was going to run his offense and the fact that Alex could that's not be what people a really good off-ball shooter that fills a role, and those role players will get starter-level minutes. And there was always going to be the upside for him to be that. That's not. That's not a, a great scenario there. I yeah, but that's how I value people. Like, I, I value guys going to where they're going to be a starter level kid. Alex at the isn't best, the best version of himself. That they know. Alex isn't the best version of himself at Clemson. So that kind of goes against your. Not and that's like saying I mean, that's like want, saying if you, you don't go to a level and dominate, you've somehow you've altered your somehow you've altered your recruiting path and but is that not decision. the best uh, but I would argue that Alex isn't like an on ball guy. Like yeah, but I think I think he would people, have to go he would have to like take a significant step down where like big enough that it would be like very odd for him to be like an on ball scoring guard i just I think most think... i think most of these guys want to go where they're the most competitive and where they can contribute i don't yeah, think they and, think and about where fine. can i go be this the guy that i nobody i don't think too many guys those these are the dudes i that i worry about the ones that think i gotta be what i was in high school i gotta find that level in college i'm not saying that that's what mangus did by any stretch of imagination i don't i don't no, know no, no. recruiting was like i think that was his but best i want offer. i want to see guys take a challenge i want to see a guy who go, I'm going to look what Mike Lewis did. Was Mike Lewis the best version yeah. of himself when he went to Indiana? He sacrificed his style of play as much as any – you guys, I don't know, as much as anybody I've ever seen. I, I had that age group. Obviously, I've, I speak to Mike a lot as in his role as a college coach. And he did the exact opposite – maybe not the exact opposite because I'm sure he was a playmaker at Jasper. But, but he was such a high-volume scorer at Jasper – People would argue. So Eric would argue. Then, if I'm extrapolating out what you're saying, is you would argue that him going to Indiana was not the best version of himself, but he left Indiana as the all-time leading assist man in IU history, and I would say that's a hell of a career. You know, no, I don't. I don't deny that, but he was able to have a hell of a career on a team that was always in the top three in the Big Ten. So that's where I'm going with it. I think so. I, I, I question Lewis going there to begin with, but he quickly proved me wrong. And even though it wasn't, and, and, but that's even that's though, the point. It's like he had to prove you wrong, even though like you pro you probably thinking back. It yeah, but I didn't the, think he was. Was it the smartest thing there. at the time? No, but like you're picking the one time out of ten where it succeeded against expectations. Oh, I don't and know. And I'll always, I'll always look on the odds. Every situation's different. So just generically saying as a whole. Yeah, but what you're doing is you're trying to be as accurate as possible, as often as possible. And choosing, and this goes back to the Desmond Bain thing, like trying to pick the one guy you got right and say, I'm always right. Not any of you guys, other people, but like saying, well, I knew Desmond Bain was going to be awesome literally every coach in the state went and watched him and all were in kind of agreement that like they weren't going to recruit him. Well, he, so like what you want is to, and I'll be wrong on Desmond Bain, but I'm not, I want to be right on most of them. 
I mean, he had to drastically so if that guy change the way he played. Expectations, that's great. Yeah, he had to drastically change the way he played at Seton, and that's just a function of, of yeah. the talent that Seton had with him. I mean, that's not Desmond's fault. I think people no, could look I'm at just, and again, I didn't saying, think he like, was high I'm major. I'm not going to pick. I'm not going to pick he was the one guy, guy in ten. I'm going to pick the nine guys out of ten, and if I'm wrong on the one, that's fine. I'm just not going to always go for that one dude, and then like be like, oh look, I called it. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Not when you're trying to be as accurate as possible for as many kids as possible. Like now, this is a year where we won't, we may not have a lot of extra exposure because of COVID. But yeah, you know, if I'm Braden, there's no way I'm committing early. Not I mean early, early meaning before mm-hmm. fall, before fall. Yeah, no, I wouldn't commit anywhere before fall. Not unless you're like absolutely locked in on where you want to go, because it, well, it could then. be it could be November before college coaches see anybody. Like that wouldn't be a shock. All right, Zach, who's your best player performance of the week? I was just going to ask more about Braden. I was going to say, is Laval making a, <laughs> making a mistake not going after him at Butler? I think they're all making a mistake not going after him. Yeah. I, I can't it, be it, clear one, on it depends that. on what you need. but Well, I, yeah, certainly. But I, the way the rosters are going to be fluid for the next two years, I would be going after him. I'd I make think sure a lot I get of people that. are considering the transfer market and oh, some hesitancy on now, what that's going to end up being. Now, look, I'm also steadfast in believing that – and Nick can speak to this because he, he played a position. I'm also steadfast that I think Braden is better in a – would be better in a situation where he did have a down – where he did have a rim run big, where he could play with a so decent big man. Man. You're not wrong. Do, no, do he'd what? Be, Zach? Westwood would be a lot better if they had Charlie Williams or somebody that could at least, like, kind of keep up. Well, I just mean at a level where he's – where he's not the best player. I mean – Braden Smith's the best player on the floor, or best player in the sectional, the best yeah. talent in the sectional. Yeah. Um, Cam's good, just, but he doesn't have a lot of help with him. I mean, really, honestly, if you look at like Westfield's only got like well, Cam's just I mean, Cam's I just oh, Cam's good. He's just he's six two. He's just kind of an undersized shooting guard. He's not gonna. He's not like yeah, sure. But at, at that yeah. level, you need five guys who are you know are the college level. You do at the high school level. He just needs. If Hapner was six four six five and could really elevate over people when he shot, that that's a difference. Um, but Zach, what were you asking? Tough ass shots, though. I love Cam. I'm not saying that. I'm saying yeah, everybody else. The other three, the other you know, th- go three through eight. But he, but Wack guarded him in the first half, and that was that was done. Look, that's my that's my view of Wack. Uh, he's no different than his brother. He's probably a little better than his brother. Just because he's a steadier, he's a little bit better ball handler. Black uh, was a little bit better offensively, though. Jalen, yeah, the I older. mean, he could shoot. He could shoot it better, but he, you know, he's not yeah. to the volume. Not to the volume that it makes that much of a difference between him and Josh. Um, Josh is stronger. Braden wasn't able to get through him to get to the paint. You know, and and I don't know. I'm you know. I just saw what Jalen did for, for three years as a varsity player at Carmel. I've, I've seen what Josh has done. I'm looking forward to w- what's coming up this weekend. Um, It'll be but, entertaining, that's for sure. Yeah, But, Zach, what was your question or what your best player performance of the week? Because we are yeah, well, a little bit I was, over here. I was just trying to get stay, stick with the Butler thing. I mean, yeah. DJ, oh, DJ's, DJ's coming in and, and uh, Pierce and, and Jaden. How, how does he fit? How would Braden fit in with coming in after those three? Well, he, so Hughes is not at that level what I think of as a rim run big. He's more okay. of a face up four and 
maybe post up some positive matchups. Um, the Big East isn't as big as the Big Ten, at least as a whole. So it, it may not be as vital at that level. Um, it's still obviously a high major basketball league, but it just doesn't seem to have the size that the Big Ten has on a regular basis. I don't know what each individual school needs. Someone was telling me that Purdue and Butler isn't necessarily recruiting point guards in 2022 class, and that's fair. Um, Not really. I would argue that Purdue probably does need a point guard, but yeah, and that and that could be too. And if they do, he they need. Well, they to got that junior. Then then Purdue had that junior committed. Who? A junior point guard from. They don't have any point guards committed. Painter from, will take a six-five oh, combo over a true point guard almost every single time. Yeah, but I thought there well, was like a, a little six-one. I'll look it up. And, and sometimes teams they don't. Got lawyer and Jamil Brown. Look, yeah, teams don't, both of them are off really off okay. guards. Lawyer will probably play on the ball. Okay. Lawyer will play on the ball? I think that's the thought because he really? Matt will take Matt will take a guy that can pass, but like I mean he's put Eric Hunter on the ball for four years. Like well, yeah, but Eric was a primary ball handler at Tenley. Yeah, but Eric also tends to turn the ball over at time. Well one pressure. Yeah, I, so like well, it's it's I, more of like a team point guard. I hope Warriors the primary ball rather this weekend. Probably. Him <laughs> and Goody. They want to they want to bolt and board my stuff and attribute it to Carmel. That's fine. I hope Warriors the primary ball handler this weekend. That's going to um, be the most entertaining matchup of the day, probably. Yeah, but that I I don't think there's going to be another one that's going to be that good. All right, Zach. Who was your time? Did I answer your question, Zach? I don't, I was just wondering if Braden would be a good fit at Butler. So I yeah, I think he would. I think he would be a good fit at any of those schools. Right, right. Um, yeah, he's he's perfect for them. And you look at how the success they've had with some of some some of the undersized guards they've had that they've rolled with. He would he would definitely fit in. And the Big East has always got that group of. Six foot, the six one, six two guards that seem to overachieve, or what we would perceive them to be as overachieving. Um, I think that anybody that shoots it as well as he does, that passes as well as he does, and has his vision, he's got length to help up with whatever size deficiency people think he has on the defensive end. Um, and just the way he, again, the way he got into a shot against Noblesville. Um, he didn't need rhythm. He didn't need a step. He didn't need a dribble. He didn't need anything. And they weren't always just catching shoots. They were catch, look, lift. You know, so he was able to he was able to get into a shot even as a secondary read on a catch. That's hard to do. I don't think people realize how hard it is to shoot when you're effectively still. Um and he, he was effortless against Noblesville in doing that. And that's the shot he didn't even take against Carmel. That's the shot that he didn't he certainly didn't get. And I think once he started to get tired out a little bit, he needed to he needed to get into a shot. Like he had to fake and get somebody by him. And it worked a couple times. Um but that wasn't the shot that he, he got against Carmel. Didn't look to get it. Like he just was super, super impressive against Noblesville. And I thought the E. J. Smith kid who I have thought is just sort of an average defender really did a good job on not losing him and not, not just getting beat by him. And Braden was just like, F it. I'm shooting over you. I'm better than you. And uh, it was impressive. So 
Zach, who was your best player performance? And then we'll move on to these sectional picks that I that I screwed up the counting of. Uh, gosh, I hate staying with the same game and the same or not the right, same master, but same player. But but I mean, but Blake Wesley's really stepped up. Yeah, here down the stretch, he had 32 against Michigan City, and he had to. His Hodges had 35, and then he had tough night. Last night, he only had 16, but he hit some free throws down the stretch and made some good passes. He rebounds so well with his length. And and just, I think Blake Wesley's my guy. Yeah, he's a freakman athlete, which is... Yeah. So the Notre Dame fans, those students are just idiots for rolling in there and chanting Fire Bray. And <laughs> a lot of people would, would make you believe that. He is never getting yeah. fired from there. I, honestly, I think if you boo... I'm not a booer. If you boo people, I think that's a function of your vocabulary. Um, if you're openly wanting coaches to get fired, I think that's for any for just basketball reasons. I think that's a pretty dysfunctional point of view, uh, especially during the season. I think you, you wait till the season gets over, then you evaluate. Um, Mike Bray has done more at Notre Dame than any coach before him for the basketball program. And I don't even really have that great of a relationship with that staff because they don't, I, they, they don't recruit Indiana a ton. Um, except for this like year, like every four years they'll take out their back door. Kids and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Do what, Nick? It's just in their back door. I mean, I don't think Mike Bray used up like a half tank of gas on his recruiting class this year. So right, and they, they're not great in Indiana as far as their visibility there, or as far as their presence. But you know they. They make their program accessible, which I like, uh, you know, but that's because I'm a nerd that likes to go practice. So, um, well, anyway, so our sectional picks, I screwed up the count. I mean, I really, I just made some mistakes as to who won, who lost. I mean, none of us did well. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think as a whole, most people don't do well in these things. I mean, half of them, we don't even know much about, not say half of them. Some of them we don't even know much about some of the teams other than just like right in our area. But so Nick ended up winning it. Not that you get surprised or anything. He ended up with 38 correct. Eric, you ended up with 37 correct. Zach, you ended up with 36. And I came in behind at 35. Uh, Joey Bennett was on. Joey Bennett was on. uh, The the spreadsheet does the math. I just screwed up. Mm -hmm. I like gave credit to somebody for Greensburg. I gave. Zach credit for Greensburg. I didn't, I gave Gardner credit. For, I gave Eric you credit for somebody. I forget. Lawrence We've talked a lot since then. We've slept since then. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Nick, so Nick wins that battle and we're, we'll talk about regionals. We're not talking about regionals on this podcast yet. Um, were there any like major surprises this week that, just any major surprises that we just didn't anticipate. I mean, I know like we all picked South Bend Adams. We all picked Seton Catholic. None of us picked Seton Catholic. Um, Seton Catholic one didn't shock me. None of us picked it was like Caston, you know, North White. We all, we all yeah. picked North White. I'm trying to find the one. We all picked Edinburgh. We all picked Morristown. Uh, that was probably the biggest surprise to me was the Morristown one. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the one. How about I, mean, uh, I didn't think there was any way that Morristown did, and would it take double or triple overtime for them to pull it off? 
Yeah. Newcastle over uh, Hamilton Heights kind of surprised me. I weirdly kind yeah, of sometimes. called that at one point and then picked Hamilton Heights, but I did so bring what, it up. I'm like, Newcastle at Newcastle, like, that's tough to go against. So, Zach, so do we all know, did Corin Davis just miss half the year and Bowman sucked and then all of a sudden he's back and they're beating Andrean and they're – no, that was kind of a surprise. Yeah, because that miss... was definitely a surprise. Yeah, I don't think he didn't miss much of the year. He missed a few games, I know, but they their schedule is a little difficult. They went over to play who yeah, they play in Fort Wayne, and yeah, it's a super tough schedule. Yeah. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about was Ashton Williamson coming back and getting a chance to right. play because the courts. Oh yeah, you want me to get in fight with all the couch fans again? Well, I sure. I yeah. I was surprised. Making they got... the argument that the best I was surprised player... they didn't win Friday night. I, I am, but I'm not. But that's like, tough. It's tough to just that, integrate it, it a player. Is. But it, I think trying to sit there and say that, like, Ashton Williamson coming back is insignificant when he's right. literally the most talented player in that sectional. Oh, is that yeah. what Couch fans are saying? Yeah. Oh, no, well. they were trying to make the argument that I was saying, well, Couch is going to lose because Ashton Williamson is back. And it's like, no, I'm just saying Ashton Williamson's back. I'd pay attention to that. Right. Yeah. And I'm that's, pretty that's sure that's he how led we handled scoring. it. What? Yeah, but we don't know at what efficiency. Let's see. We all got Gary yeah. West right. We all I got think, South and Adams wrong. I think a little surprise was the the Lowell loss to Portage, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but e- yeah, but not really. I mean, not a. I mean, Lowell we, can, we didn't pick Lowell to win anything, but but and, and there's like, times Lowell where Mantis struggle. There's times where if Mantis is just not cooking, Lowell's pretty vulnerable. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because even even when Vasco's going well, it's it's because Mantis yeah. is going well. And I don't know even know what Chris did that game. But we love that um, draw though. But but you yeah, know Portage no, was gonna muck was it up and But that's the way it goes. Like these teams that you think like like saying addicts, like addicts got a great draw for them, and like it'd be easy to take addicts and then like they can't they don't get past North Central. That happens. Well, North Central was playing their best basketball of the year, so yeah, but you would think with Addicts' talent and how they kind of played all year, like, all right, of the draw, like, this should be pretty good for you. Gives you a shot. And then you can't get past the first game. Like, that is not uncommon. We all hey, got uh, Homestead, Jeff. Go ahead, Nick. What about Shackamac right? takes out yeah, Bloomfield? Uh, yeah. yeah, that was definitely – we all missed that. We all picked Bloomfield, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. No, uh, Zach took North Central. Still got it wrong. I was Almost surprised as I was as I was grading these out. I was thinking North Central won it, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, they don't, I don't see them in the regionals." So I was wrong on that. I got Connersville right. Thank you very much. Um, but Trinity that's just because I like kind of like Karen. Uh, like Washington or Edinburgh. Did any of us take Twin Lakes? No, but like Good. it's not. That's not surprising. Well, we talked about that one. Great job. They have a bunch yeah, we of talked dudes, about that yeah. one. Gardner and I were both like, "Yeah, that's that's not a definite." No. Um, we all got Ben Davis playing field center Grove right. Eric picked Bloomington North. Yeah, I that one. Was Nick bad. got Jeffersonville right. Um, we all got Hammond. We all picked Mishawaka Marion. That didn't go well. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Northwood, Leo, Mississinawa, we all got those right. Greencastle, Northview, Garen Catholic, Beach Grove, um, Silver Creek, Sullivan. We all hey, pick Center, Central Noble. Is this like around the horn? Do I get like a, my, a last 
Yeah, rants. you got a soliloquy. Yeah, I, I just want to soliloquy. I do. Go. Yeah, go. I want to go. I'm going off on Champions Network, IHSA TV. Uh, for total disaster, for the, man. I bought the the game on Tuesday night. Oh, this is something that's happening to you. Oh, it happened to you yeah. directly. I thought you were talking about the in the gym hoops thing. Go ahead. <laughs> so you gym. bought the oh, pack. No, no, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't hear what happened to Felix. I saw something, but I let didn't let Nick go, and then we'll t- then we'll I'll throw it in there at the end. But first of all, I was I was frustrated. For people like us who are are covering more than just one school, don't have just little Jimmy playing. Uh, Ten dollars a game is. Well, I'm sorry. It's I can't speak for you guys, but it's, it's not feasible for bomb hoops. We're out. <laughs> We're out. Get, charge, me yourself, charge me a hundred dollars. Charge me a yourself in the third person. Yeah, I mean, it's just. Well, you know, you're, you're it, not it's wrong, but like, I I talked to the guys at IHSA TV about it earlier in the year, and they just, it was. Well, let's. It's a narrative that they pushed that's kind of pissed me off all year because they make it about they make it about money, but the reality of it is if you talk to any athletic director outside of the the morons, like this is something that they don't want to do. Like it's, it's so much extra work for so little money. And I've heard the money that comes in is pretty insignificant. Well, let's let's get through this year charge for it. It's like, all right, you do it. But the problem is they don't, that $10, like the school doesn't, they get like 50% of that. Like they don't even get the full. So, all right, great. That's, yeah, that's why a some, lot of them charge like twelve dollars anyway. for it. But yeah, that's what some people charge anyway. They charge five bucks. I mean, the Mick has been six until last year. I think it went to seven the last minute. Yeah, but the amount of people. This is where the disconnect is. Is the amount of people that are general fans that would go to a game is much greater than the people that are going to buy it and just watch it at home, like a significant difference right to the effect of where we're talking about maybe a couple hundred bucks for a good game as opposed to like tens of thousands of dollars and now you're sitting there like all right well you know we'll charge for all of these when i know for a fact that there's some guys that did video that were forced to charge a fee for sectionals in order to be able to televise it well, and yeah, that's where it's like now you're just flexing state your muscles to do that. Like, but that's for the difference high. between the state tournament and regular the regular season is is this the ITCA, the ITCA really only controls what happens in the state tournament. State. Just which uh, is exactly in state they own the full contract for all of those games. I believe everything yeah. else before that, I think there's like a a combination. Here's the sure thing though, Jim, Jim, like that. So so that frustrated me. But but I went ahead and I bought a couple. Right. Right. The first one I bought was Lawrence North um, Cathedral on Tuesday night, and it kept saying, you're not logged in. Log in. Log in. I logged in for 30 times, and I just said, F it. Well, if you could – I bet you could probably get a refund if you you could show them some screenshots of what was going on. But, look, and a lot of times people don't understand it's better to be wired in than go wireless on that stuff. Um, My two main internet – devices are wired in and that's i never have any other than losing right losing cable i never have any outage issues um but look it's a function of covid plan b would be no access so i 
I wouldn't be too. Well, I would be more worried about what Nick. I would be more worried about what Nick Let's not worry about a couple hundred dollars. That's going to change very little. Like I get the fact that athletic departments are. Yeah, but that still pays. For, that still pays for some of this stuff, though. So I mean, that's a couple hundred dollars over however many games because it's the road team gets credit for it too. So I don't know if Carmel's on the road and I buy that, if I buy 10, if I pay to get that game, Carmel still gets that money, even if it's, even if they're on the road. So yeah, look, it's, 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 it's another sectional money split between all teams. Right. And now it's not going well, away. Regionals it's not going to go away. It's it's, that's just the way it's going to be. Now, Will it become I, less and less of an issue because we can all go to sectional games next year or high school games next year? Absolutely. But it's a model, it's a revenue model that's not going to go away now because the equipment has, they've, they've invested money. The, in the technology's equipment. progressed enough, yeah. I think well, there it, are going to be, yeah, but I think just there are like going to the be Zoom a lot stuff. of athletic directors during the season, the regular season, that are just going to choose not to do it. Because just it like is the thousands of, of people who now podcast on Zoom and only really mess with the audio we no longer have to figure out how do we get audio into our computer it's it's done and technology finally we we were forced to use it for other things and we realized how much easier it was to use and now it's just it's it's it's, i will say it's a little it's a little funny that they've decided that this is a revenue model that they're they're willing to do but then won't move their feet on other stuff that would be helpful across the board like, that's just it. to pick and choose what you want is, is kind of ironic. I mean, I do think Nick's Nick's concern is 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 legitimate. It is look if it if it didn't work, then it's gonna then it's gonna eventually die a slow death. They've got to figure out the kinks in that system and why. So Nick needs to make sure he brings that to their attention, so that way they can figure it out. I did. I got ignored. Uh, yeah. They well, they I may mean, get to you was... this week. They were probably pretty busy this weekend. Didn't help you Friday night or Saturday night, maybe, but but most of those guys probably aren't going to mess around with with that stuff until tomorrow morning. So, yeah, I'm not help. I'm not helping during an event if I'm working it. Yeah, I'll get you so the next day. you might be able to get some restitution for you. Yeah, I'll keep, I'll your, keep my uh, fingers crossed other, here on that. Other than mm-hmm. your lost time, you you might get some restitution coming up Monday. Who knows? You might get free regionals this week. But uh, <gasps> well, so what was the Felix thing? The Felix thing was he... uh, all of a sudden they tweeted at him basically a cease and desist and that you're going to hear from our attorneys because his oh, highlight what? package was too long. Longer than two minutes. Longer oh, than two geez. minutes is what it turned out to be. So now what they, I they got out, ratioed on that. They got what I found out off the record as, as they got bombarded on Twitter. But what I found out from another avenue <laughs> was that the IHSA was like, yeah, we don't care. You're good. You know, so basically it was the TV provider who's obviously bought the rights to broadcast this stuff, just trying to bully someone. And it just, it didn't go well. And it didn't go well because there's nowhere they, they put on there, please read the rules. Okay. I read the rules and I quoted them back to them on behalf of Felix. Felix didn't ask me to, that's just, I figure eventually he would call me anyway, but, but he was following the rules and there's nowhere is it listed on the IHSA media website. Two minutes. There's nowhere is it's listed. At least that I saw. If it is, it's it, two minutes is gen- generally the length well, of that's time just, for, for a highlight told, package. They're basically now being told that's just the limit is two minutes, which that's fine. That's yeah. look, 
you know, Felix just using it is using it as a commercial. Um, yeah. For his, for his services. And he's not charging anybody for the, the feed that he, or for the highlights he's creating. It's just a way for him to get his name out there. And, and he does as, as good of a job as, as any news station of patching that did stuff. The, did the cease and desist come from the IHSA TV people or? No, like it wasn't. The... That, that's my general assessment of it. It came across okay. Twitter. It was, they said, you know, clean, you clean don't up your act. You don't get a cease or... and desist through Twitter. I no, promise I you that. It was my, it was my character. It just was my general character. Yeah, their, their comment to him was to stop doing that, or we would take legal action. Yeah, and then they said read the rules, that and so I read the rules. Whatever. Yeah. Good for Felix. If you if you haven't gotten a cease and desist, you're not doing your job right. Well, I know. <laughs> it's like me with illegal screening. Um, all right. Well, we've any other big surprises? Uh, this week or this past weekend, I mean, not, not really. The I the mean, Morristown I one South was the Ridge biggest one. South Spencer, but the Morristown one was the biggest one. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't that, think anything? the Southridge over South Spencer, but I get where some people would think it'd be big. Yeah, but that's because they don't understand the best player theory. Yeah. So. Which but didn't Zach, really work out for me in some of these, but any big surprises that we didn't cover yet on as far as you're concerned? No. I mean we talked I mean, about besides obviously we all picked here. Adams and they got yeah. beat, but and, and you could say the best player theory in that one too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Blake Wesley, no doubt. Yeah. None of us got sectional four right, Elkhart. None of us got sectional four right. So that was the one Zach was saying before we started recording. Well, they were all the, year he was like his big Elkhart, hot take. His big Elkhart hot take theoretically was, be was the Elkhart. fourth best team. Yeah. But Zach's hot take this year, we do hot takes every week. His hot yeah. take was Elkhart's going to win the sectional, and then he chickens and then out and doesn't chicken out the and pick him up. <laughs> Their 14 and 11 record is really like 20 and 5. Yeah, that's like good. that's what that's more resemblance of like what the record should be. Their, their schedule is just like not easy. They're a lot bigger and more physical than I thought they would be. Yeah, they can throw dudes at you too. Yeah, I hope and so. Like, they, I don't think two the starting lineups, like, <laughs> two full starting lineups coming in there. So now they got West Side. I don't side think Elkhart will beat West Side, but I think that game may end up being a lot closer than people realize. So we, we are we death taxes in Lafayette Central Catholic one in the sectional? Is that what we're doing now? I mean, I, Covington people tried to come for my throat too, and look what happened. I took. LCC. I even picked Covington. I took LCC, didn't I? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, Zach did and Nick did. Uh, Eric and I both picked Covington. I didn't uh, want to pick Central Catholic, but like, it's literally not a shock that they won. Yeah, been, that, that's, Jeff- that sectional's odd. Seton Catholic making it through, Central Catholic making it through, Cowan making it through. Good teams, but like, I missed three of those four. All right, let's Jeff- wrap it up with Nick. Yeah, go, Nick. Talk about no, Jefferson. Let's wrap it up. Je- no, the Jeffersonville game was amazing. What was that? Tuesday night or Friday? Was that Friday night? They went to triple yeah. overtime. Um, incredible, oh, with, you know. With um, Floyd Central. Floyd Central. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so. Friday night. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, Friday night. I think Bedford beating New Albany was obviously a huge surprise. I mean, I picked New Albany. Yeah. Well, I had New Albany going like all the way to semi state, I think. Really? Fighting Jeff Hines. I, I mean, they just have yeah. so much talent. Like Shannon knows what he's doing. I just assumed that they'd win most of those games on talent. But they've had some weird then, games this year. 
I mean, they got they have real, that was they the, lost the thirty to Zionsville. I mean, Zionsville's good, but Zion, even Coach that Howe was, was like, "Yeah, we're not sure how that happened." Like, like the talent on paper is better than the talent that's on the floor, and I probably went too much with talent on the paper. I mean, they got they should be really, really good next year in theory. Well, sure, they got everybody back, right? I don't think they lose anybody. So does Jeffersonville. Yeah, they Jeffersonville lose, definitely has everybody yeah. back. But they've got – Floyd yeah, will take a had step some back. Weird results. Get beat by 30 to yeah. Zionsville. Lose to lose to Blackford by one. Lose to Madison by five. I mean, they got some bad losses. 24-point loss to Evansville Wrights. Uh, I mean, I know I picked them. I uh, wasn't, like, real sure about it. I certainly didn't think – we, you know, we talk about some of these teams have had good loss, like Southbridge. We talked about their schedule. They got one bad loss. New Albany's got some head scratchers in there this year, despite being they sixteen do. and six coming into the into the sectional. I mean, everything you think sixteen and six, they beat Bloomington South by twenty five. Although I, the Taylor kid wasn't playing yet, um, beat Floyd Central by four. Um, gave Carmel a great game until the very end. They beat Jeffersonville by twelve. But then they just laid some big eggs yeah. throughout the season. They beat Silver Creek by nine, although was Kaufman playing yet? I think he did play that game. That may have been I think his to first me, game back. I think to me it was the fact that they, the best team that they would have to play in their first game was Bedford. I'm like, all right, even if they throw up a stinker, they could probably squeak by Bedford and then have a shot at Jeffersonville or Floyd Central and no, we should have enough talent and whatever. Lucky. And then that, that regional's not super strong. No. No, but Center, right Center Grove, they got to beat Center game. Grove. Center Grove. Yeah, but South. Center Grove, yeah, is, is kind of. Sure. They're, they're really they're good, cooking. but really. They're cooking. And just, and just so we're clear, there's At no. just the right time. In their regional. Huh? So there's no MIC teams in their regional. So. No. No, they're going to grow. They'll, is, they'll easily beat rights and they'll, they'll move on to the championship on. Let's look. Watch, I'm gonna I'm gonna have downplayed Bloomington South, and they're gonna make it to like freaking semi state. They look, looked really look bad good. earlier this year. Center Grove has one loss outside of the mix. Nope, two losses. They lost Perry Meridian. Lost. Two. All right, we'll talk about regionals later. We'll do this again Thursday if you guys have time to come back. We'd love to have you. Uh, we're not doing any, unless unless you guys want to get on the hot take thing. We think we're locked. Zach hates hot takes. Uh, Zach hates hot take theater. Everybody hates my takes, so it doesn't matter. They usually come off hot. Oh dear. All right. Well, what, anyway. what do you got? No, what's Eric got? Go ahead. Nothing. Don't do regional picks yet. So no, no hot, hot, no take. hot take. I want. I want Eric's hot take. Uh, I like takes. I don't know. All right, we're going. Well, let's go hot take. Zach, you better come up with one. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, and now I gotta close it. One. Here, I'll, I'll start off. When are when are we gonna right, start go. figuring in strength of schedule with stats? Never. About, oh, he's. But doesn't Absolutely it play a big never. deal? Doesn't it play a big deal? Yeah, it does. It's, well, it's normally we don't discuss happen. our hot takes, so. Nope, it's it. You're saying you're we don't not. discuss our hot takes. We <laughs> just say them and we just get them out. Um, I'm all for. Tell I'm you what, Nick. That, but that'll never happen. Tell you what, Nick. Next year, you help me get stats into the database and we'll, we'll, we'll work in strength of schedule because all it is is a mathematical formula. Let's do it. So I got the database all set up. We just need to get the data in there. Eric, what's your hot take? You got one? Uh, the IHSA are morons for not 
moving semi-state to all one location in the north and all one location in the south. Could you imagine semi-state at, at like Kokomo at Memorial Gym for four games? Yeah, not this year. Maybe, or Washington. Maybe later. Uh, in a maybe. normal, in a normal non-COVID year, like that would be awesome. That is like so much better than having offset two game with like three hours in between games. Like, give me four games one day. Like that would be awesome. One A, two A, three A, four A. That would be like a great day of hoops. Yeah, it would be like no different. That makes so term. much more sense than having. I like how it's staggered program. though, because I can sometimes I can get to three games. Yeah, usually I'll just stream games from yeah. home after I go watch one. My hot take is just what we previously discussed. Braden Smith is a high major point guard. Zach, you got one, or are we just done? Uh, there'll be a couple interesting coaching changes this year. At the high school level or the college yep. level? Yep, high, high At school. At the high school level. All right. So it's got to be right, guys. South Bend. <laughs> well, there's already a couple of openings up there because, you know, there's just the guys retiring, so – um, yeah hey he's got another week another week in the seat so that's right well eric nick i appreciate you guys joining us this week and zach as always appreciate uh, your participation and um i will take care of the recruiting stuff separately people will have already heard it by the time they hear me say this and other than that everybody that listens at home thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys uh we'll, we'll actually do a podcast later this week previewing the regionals and until then, uh, thanks for listening. Bye.